and welcome to GKAD. I am Zero, and with me is Daily. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and today, today we are going to uh, honestly review Superfly's fifth studio <laughs> album, White, released on May twenty seventh, two thousand fifteen. Yeah, okay, Jay Leah, I'm gonna let you start. Alrighty. <sighs> so, this is her first album in about three years. There were a couple of singles leading into the album, like Live and Ayo Karadami Fukikonde. But the promo track, the main song leading into it was White Light, which is so fucking good. I know! And it starts the album as it should, and then it all just kind of goes downhill from there. Yeah, it kind of falls apart. It, it, it definitely feels a bit like a bait and switch, and I don't know if it's just because it's her fifth album, or if it's the time it's been since her last studio album, or... I don't know what it is, but I'm getting tired of it. And it it sucks to say because I love Superfly. Right after White Light is beautiful, which is good, but sounds like a poor man's Wildflower. And Wildflower is one of my favorite Superfly songs. So it's just kind of like that was a bad way to start off. And then it just kind of goes and the songs are kind of, they're very forgettable or they're memorable like Ahaha. They're weird, and you don't know where they come from. Yeah. Or the reasoning behind why they're on this album. And so I don't have much to say about this album because so much of it was just kind of like in one ear and out the other. Mm -hmm. But here is what this album should have been. It should have started with White Light. About halfway through, you should have had Ayo Kalarani Fukikonde. And you should have closed the album out with Space because that song is amazing and haunting and it would have left a perfect impression. Yep. And then build your album around those three songs, and it would have been so much better than what we got. And that's really all I have to say. I think that there were a couple of moments on the album, I want to say it's Iro Hagashite, where it's kind of bluesy, or maybe Datsugoku no Kisetsu. See, I don't even actually remember what song was what. <laughs> but there was a, a earlier in the album, there was kind of a bluesy sort of mid-tempo rock number in there, and it was it was pretty good. It was It was pretty solid. It wasn't mind-blowing, but it was quality, you know? And I think that that was, was one of the ones that probably should have been on the album you've got imagined in your head. So, And I, I really think that <sighs> this album really makes me realize maybe why it took her so long to make an album, because I think she doesn't know what she wants to, like, really focus on from mm-hmm. a musical standpoint. I think her, her vocals and her usual strength is in that sort of classic rock sound. Like, if she did an album that sounded like an Eagles album, but a little harder, like, that would be perfect for her, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I feel like her doing something that's sort of like, you know, Don Felder, or like Bob Seger, or like, you know, a little bit Led Zeppelin in there, you know? Like, that sort of, you know, hard rock, country, bluesy, you know, that aspect, that, that area of things, that is what she should probably be doing. 
But this album, she she doesn't appear to know that. So it it really has kind of a mixtape feel to it, where she's just kind of throwing things at the wall, see what sticks. And I, I hope she learned from from this because I think God, I hope so too. There really are a couple of really solid tracks on here, and then there are a couple that are just like, yeah, no, don't do that again. And it was way too ballad heavy. Holy shit! It was like listening to Love Again again, the IU album. It was it was just like like I like a lot of the ballads on here but it was just by the time I got towards the end it was just like alright is the album over yet like I actually my first time listening to the album I just had to stop I had to turn it off and turn on something else me too I, it took me a few listens to actually get through the album just because it just dragged on and the problem was it felt it feels like a lot of these songs her heart isn't in it Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if it's not resonating with the singer, why should I care? Exactly, exactly. It, But then, but then, you get the disc too. Then you get the yes. covers. And yes. holy shit, she fucking nailed that Kuwata Keisuke cover. I oh know. Oh my god, it was so great. I had so much fun listening to that. She, the whole thing, all five of those tracks, she just, you can tell she loves these songs. And that's what really sets it apart from the first disc, is that, I mean, it... It was bad enough that there wasn't heart in a lot of those songs on the first disc. But when you get to the cover song, she's having so much fun and she's really living these songs. It's just night and day and it made it even harder to like the the main yeah. album. I mean, I couldn't even appreciate the first album, the first disc of the album anymore. I mean, everybody, I, if you get this album, it is worth the extra six bucks, five bucks, whatever, to get the limited edition just for disc two. Because you can tell that she, there's so much energy and passion and fire and, and love in these performances. It's so great. And on top of it, she covers some stuff that people don't usually, like, these are artists that people know and, mm-hmm. and artists that people do cover from time to time. But, like, a lot of people know RC Succession. They don't know Slow Ballad. They know that, yeah. that drunk karaoke song that they do. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it, but it is. It's a great drunk karaoke song. But that's that's their big hit. But like a lot of people don't remember that they they were a really solid band, and this was one of their best tracks. And she clearly loves this song. So her her version of Slow Ballad is she totally nails it. I think she she breathes a lot of new energy to the song. It's beautiful. You know, like a lot of people cover Yosui Inoue, but usually it's like Yume no Nakae or something. But she does Kaida Knife Study, and it's like yes, somebody appreciates. And Takeuchi Maria, she does one of Takeuchi Maria's English songs, Sweetest Music, and she she sounds perfect. She sounds absolutely perfect. But honestly, I I think that her cover of Blue by Kuwata Keisuke is just, dude, just, just do, oh my god, bring, bring the jazzy stuff back into your discography, because you, you nailed this! Oh, it was so great! So I, I do, I think she should be doing kind of a kind of a classic rock jazz blues sort of thing i think that's what she should be focusing on and this album is such a great demonstration of what her strengths and her weaknesses really are this is a great example of you know how she sounds doing all these different styles of song for better or worse and i think it's very very clear that she needs to steer away from the songs where she if she doesn't absolutely love the song she should not be doing it you know, it, there's a, a lot of these kind of, you know, mid-tempo basic pop ballads on this album. She just should never do those. She's clearly not into it, you know? But a song like White Light, all the time, man. Do a song like this, and I will always be frustrated when you don't use your voice properly. <laughs> <laughs> you do songs like White Light, and then you disappoint me with shit like some of the stuff later on the album, and it's just like, get your act together. <laughs> 
And if you're going to do a ballad, make it like space. Make, make it, it this, like, like space. epic haunting build up and oh, that's such or a good make song. It, or make it like ah, oh, which was just this oh my yeah. god, that, was, that song was a religious experience and there's never been words. <laughs> she sounds so perfect. I mean, like it actually brings tears to my eyes when I hear it. I have to turn it off when I'm driving because it will blur my vision and I won't be able to drive safely. <laughs> So, Super yeah, bad. do stuff like that where I can tell that you are feeling what you're singing because you, her voice is just too powerful. Like, and I know it's powerful. So when it's not, I know there's something wrong. You know? <laughs> so her last album, Force, I had a lot of problems with. But you could tell that she, there was that energy there. There was that light there behind her. And so even if I didn't like the song personally, I really appreciated it. And I appreciated her the work that she put into it. Mm-hmm. And I only see that on a handful of tracks here. So. Yeah. And I can't help but wonder if, like... Because Force, definitely, to me, kind of felt like a passion project that didn't quite hit the nail on the head. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm wondering if she didn't try to go for something more technically, I guess, correct, at least in her eyes, here, to see if that worked better. I think, I think honestly, she, she feels timid on this album, possibly as a result of Force not turning out that great. And I think I would say, no, 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 no. Force was better. Go do that. (laughs) I have to wonder if, like, maybe it's just because it's been so long since the album, the process was just difficult after she was kind of releasing nonstop for such a long time. Mm -hmm. Or not nonstop, but kind of at a reliable pace. If this was just kind of hard to get out, so she has to get it out there. And now hopefully the next album, it can be a bit more organic. Yeah, I hope so. My my hope is that some of the better songs on this album were the ones that were done later, which would make sense because that appeared to be some of the stuff that she ended up using as promotional stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's my hope is that like as she did this album, like it was really really hard to get a bunch of stuff out, and then she just went screw it, I'm gonna do what I want, and then she did a song like White Light. That's what I'm hoping. I don't know obviously if that's what happened, but that's what I hope. You know, in the J-pop world, there is a lot of, you know, pressure to to meet the deadlines. And I think that that does result in a lot of, you know, single tracks because they're often done like as they're ready. Single tracks really do end up being a lot better than album tracks a lot of times in in J-pop. So I'm concerned that, you know, if Superfly is just one of those people who the muse needs to move her. You know, I would rather have one album that's really, really good every five years mm-hmm. than, you know, something that's been forced out for uh, the last year and a half and she just needed to get it done by the time the fiscal year was over. You know, I would definitely rather her do quality because she really is really good. And I, I just feel like the, the J-pop world is not one where, where artists who are just really good are allowed to be. You know, it's it is a product that needs to be manufactured on schedule, um, and it, that's that's rough. You know, because I feel like such a great voice is just is just wasted on songs where she's not really feeling it. Yeah, I always worried that it would get to this point. I was worried that like the novelty would wear off, and in times like these, it's not that the novelty is worn off. Maybe the novelty's worn off for Superfly, and that's reflecting in her songs. Yeah, maybe.
So that does it for this episode of Push to Smart. You can follow us <laughs> hey, on Twitter. Hey, oh hey. my god, we are not Push to Smart. <laughs> you totally did that. Christ. You should leave that in. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> so that does it for another episode of GKAD. You can follow us on Twitter. I am GKJ Lee. She is GK0, and the show is JPopJRock underscore. Until next time, I am Jay Lee. And you can call me Zero. Johnny! Johnny.